afternoon and welcome to another phantasmagorical episode of, of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so happy to be with you on this beautiful day. It's kind of, we had a little chill snap here where we are, but it's absolutely gorgeous right now. And it's a perfect day to record the perfect podcast right Georgia it is it's brought to you by experts we have (laughs) thoroughly researched every part of this movie and we'll bring you everything that we have to tell you everything you need to know about truly appreciating this movie and looking at it to enhance your uh viewing uh pleasure and enjoyment yes Yes. (laughs) I love that so, Georgia, what is our movie today? Sweet Smell of Success, made in 1957. Wow, wow. Yes, guys, we have a doozy for you, and uh, we cannot wait to talk about this movie. I- I'm just going to say a full dis- disclaimer, and I told Georgia, I don't want to talk too much about this movie because... It's just full of plot landmines, so I'm just warning everybody, I'm going to be very careful with this movie, but this is the quintessential movie about, that that fits into How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lesson from Classic Hollywood. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. There are, this is replete with all kinds of, uh, morality issues involved in this, um, and so I would suggest you have you have to be in the right mood to watch this movie because <laughs> yes, 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 it can be a downer, but it is delicious. It is a magnificent movie, magnificently filmed. It's the uh, like can uh, when all everything comes together, a combination of the script, the acting. The cinematography, music, everything is just magnificently, seamlessly put together in this movie. It's powerful. It packs a wall up. You will not forget it. No. Uh, it's <laughs> People either love this movie or they hate it. Really? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay, well, let's, well, let's, girl, you can't just drop that bomb and walk away. So why do people hate or love that? I mean, I, I understand intellectually why, but uh, just movie, okay, movie I'll tell buff you why. why. Yeah, movie buff why, yeah. Well, okay, there's there's several reasons for that. Is because uh, this movie featured uh, the two lead actors in roles that were, di- well, different. Uh, up to this point, Tony Curtis had played these bon vivant kind of guys, you know, there were lightweight roles, he was yeah. either heroic or sword and sandal movies, or, you know, a happy-go-lucky guy, and then in this movie, he is a villain beyond, I mean, he is immoral, he's corrupt, he's insidious, and people were not used to seeing this pretty boy person come across this way, and also, People really like Burt Lancaster because a lot of times he played these very heroic kinds of roles. And in this movie, he is also a villain. So the two lead characters in this movie are they're uh, they're base and they're vile. Mm-hmm. And 
I think a lot of this um, went over the people's heads in 1957 when they watched it, because I don't think they um, were able to get into a movie that was just very um, Machiavellian machinations. It was cruel and it's kind of stunning. It doesn't let up. It does not. There's no, it it doesn't. I think that's part of the reason why uh, it was, it didn't do well at the box office. The critics loved it though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what? And this is typical Burt Lancaster because for those of you who've been following our podcast, and if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you to all our, uh, our subscribers on Facebook. Thank you to all our listeners on all the platforms. But if you're new, you just stumble on us. We've done quite a few of Burt Lancaster, who I still... The man's been dead forever, and I'm still in love with him. He's like one of the most sexiest men. Oh, my gosh. And Georgia tried to kill my dreams by telling me he was a super freak. But I don't care. He's still just delicious. He, him and Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah. After my husband, he, y'all. After my husband, like if if, if they, look if they were still alive, and my husband was trash. Hello, Steve McQueen. Hello, Burt Lancaster. Let's make a chocolate and 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 white bread sandwich here, cause I yes. But I digress. Get your squirrel on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's make a. <laughs> Georgia said, y'all in Georgia talking street, get the twirl on, girl. All right, now. I see you, Georgia. <laughs> but, yeah, they are everything. They are so gorgeous. Um, You can throw Paul Newman in there, too, now. But, um, anyway, I digress. I digress. But we've done other Burt Lancaster movies. And so, Georgia, this is really following in. This is early Burt uh, doing what Burt wants to do because when he did The Swimmer, something, another deep controversial movie that did not was not a hit at all but it was a passion film for Burt Lancaster and for, for and those of you who you know go back and check out our swimmer uh episode but it's just like this Georgia it, it's ahead of itself I'm surprised and I'm surprised yeah. this movie yeah. got made because yeah. it is one of those movies that holds a mirror up to not just entertainment and what goes on behind the scenes how people are made and, and broken I am shocked this movie got made. Oh, I am too. I'm too. It was slow to catch on, and I am surprised it got made too. But you're right; it's way ahead of its time because it's anti Hollywood, yes. it's anti Broadway, and um, it's so gritty. And you're not used to seeing people in these lead roles like this. Right. But it's unrelenting. And yes, you have two very handsome men in the lead, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to like them, but you can't. Right. Right. You know. I mean. Yeah, and I think that's part of part of the reason why a lot of people it, it did not. You know, this movie did not get any love. It didn't get. It should have been nominated, yes. as far as I'm concerned, for all kinds of Academy Awards. Yes. It did not. Yes. It should have. I mean, this is some of the best acting you yes. will ever see it's by Tony Curtis. In it's fact, believe it or not, as strong as a presence as Burt Lancaster is at times, Tony Curtis upstages oh, him. Oh, he does. It's, he does. Yes, he, 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 it's, it's amazing. The acting, it, the the man can act. Yes. There's no doubt about yes. it. Burt Lancaster is also pretty amazing in this role. But the cinematography, is, the oh, music, wonderful. The, the the script writing, everything was top notch. It was unparalleled. And so it's a shame that it did not get any love. 
right. from the Academy Awards that year. Well, hell too no. bad because it really deserves it, I think. Because it put Hollywood and uh and the incestuous and we're gonna talk about incest too, uh, as we talk more about this movie. But anyway, the incestuous relationship between entertainment and the media that still yes. goes on today and not just the entertainment industry, politics. And George and I, we were talking about this just a little before we went yeah. on. Um, you take, it doesn't have to be entertainment. The media and politics, uh, we talked about church or religious, church and politics and, and the media. I mean, you take out any big business and its relationship with the media and propaganda and who's pulling the strings, who's making kings and breaking kings. It doesn't even have to be the entertainment industry. And I, and I think, George, that's why it could not get any love because it shined. People were not supposed to talk about this or know about this. And anybody who wants to get into politics, whatever it be, business, religion, whatever, you need to look at this movie. And, and people, you know, say, oh, y'all was going to say telling people what to do. No, look at this movie and at least understand what you're getting into. Yes, because this movie is so great about touching on the lengths that people will go to for fame. Yes. And, and, and the excesses. And power, are, yes. Yes, and there's an old saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I mean, uh, this is about excesses of power in the social media and about um, vindictiveness that goes on. I think there's a cautionary warning um about the uh, disproportionate amounts of power yeah. that people can have in the industry and it's wielded not only by the entertainment media but there's all this like you touched on earlier moya there's all this behind the scenes wheeling and dealing to create celebrities and and what we are fed it's they manipulate who we yes. listen to yes. and who yes. we follow so much of that is going on right. that we don't even know about. But right. this gives you a glimpse, a behind-the-scenes glimpse of how it goes on. And it makes me think that even though this movie was made about, what, 60-some-odd years ago? Mm -hmm. In a way, how little things have changed. You know what? It's, it's, it's just been ramped up. Yes. It, we're seeing it right now, yes. even more so. Yes. And uh, and and the scale, so I this is, girl, this, is have, this has to be my fourth let's say fourth time seeing it then like the other some other movies that we've talked about before i've seen it in different stages in my life and of course i you know the story there's nothing ambiguous about the plot i mean it is what it is it is perfect character study oh my gosh um yes look who wrote this clifford odets wrote this okay yes. And so, you know, he, in Escaping Me, George, I know you have in your notes, he's written so many other plays, uh, oh, it's Escaping Me, but he is just hands down one of those, those type of writers, if you will. He and Ernest Lehman and um, Alexander McKendrick, who directed, he, oh, he's uncredited, but, I mean, it's perfect character study. These guys have to know if, because Odette's in, um, some other people, I forget the name of uh, the, the writer circle they were in, uh, escaping me. Y'all let me know in the comments. But anyway, there were, he was a part of this writer circle. Was it Ang the Algonquin? I'm sorry, guys. I can't remember. But anyway, they hung out in New York. They were the beatnik and all this that was on the verge of all this stuff. So they, they were in this scene. And now, Georgia, you tell me in your notes, 
who was Burt Lancaster, J.J. Hunsecker's, uh, if you have it, who was he based? Because he's based, these Falco, Tony Curtis, and Hunsecker, Lancaster, they're based off of real people. Yes, they are. Okay. J.J. Hunsecker is based on Walter Winchell. Okay. And, you know, we, you and I have already talked about, like, right. uh, Etta Hopper. Hanna, yeah, Etta Hopper and uh, Luella Parsons. Parsons yeah. And that. But, but this was Walter Winchell, and he was hated and reviled because he had so much power to either make or break people's careers. He had a column. He also had a radio program. Right. And he was fed all kinds of gossip. And he, it, 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 apparently it didn't matter whether it was true or not because it was mm -hmm. the innuendo. Yes, and yes. a lot of people were so fearful of him because he could ruin their careers. Right, right, right. And so I so, heard, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, so, um, no, but I was just going to say, I, I don't know exactly who the um, press agent Tony Curtis is based upon, but apparently Ernest Lehman, who also wrote a, a novelette that this is also based on, he was in the industry himself. He says he himself was a press agent. So it's from his experience as a press agent that he's basing the Tony Kara Sidney Falco character on. Okay, okay. Yeah, it had to be, <clears throat> excuse me, people who had firsthand knowledge of how these things go. Now, shout out to Be Kind Rewind. She has a great YouTube channel. Please check her out. She is very good. She does videos, great research, uh, really entertaining channel. Again, that's Be Kind Rewind on YouTube. <clears throat> she did an excellent piece on uh, Hedda Hopper and Luella Par Parsons. And she said that Hunsecker was based on Luella. So I, he might be a, a, a an amalgam of Winchell, because I heard the Winchell uh, part, but I, did, I never heard of Luella. But Luella, that's not to say Luella Parsons. I mean, I'm sorry, Hedda Hopper. He was, Hunsecker was based on Luella, um, Hedda Hopper. Uh, but that's not to say that, and I hope I'm not misremembering, it might be Luella Parsons. The Bronze were two, the two, two witches with the same brew, okay? It really don't matter. Two witches, one hat, one cauldron. Um, but these people, I mean, they destroy, like you say, that's the word, destroy people, like you say, within you window. And so we're not going to get too much. We're not going to tell you anything that happened in the movie because it's one of those movies you have to see it for yourself. We would do it an injustice by trying to, to, to describe it. But it's basically J.J. Hunsecker, Lancaster, uh, wants Tony Curtis Falco to <clears throat> Sidney Falco, who is his flunky, because Falco wants to be down with Hunsecker because he wants all, all of, of course, all his clients, all the publicity to go to his clients. And Lancaster uh, Hunsecker know that Falco is just a little worm, a weasel, and he uses him to do his dirty work. And so that his latest mission, and you'll hear them refer to missions and assignments, which is great. Um, it's to break up <clears throat> Lancaster's sister, played by uh, Susan Harrison, a young a young chick, a newcomer. I think it might have been her first film. Um, to break up her romance with the guitar player, who's the guy from um, Route 66, the blonde head dude. <laughs> so you got Adam lot. Twelve. Yeah, Martin Adam Milner. Twelve. Thank you, thank you. I get him. Um, wasn't he in Route 66 too? I think he was. Yeah, in he was in Route 66. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Martin Milner. Yeah. So, so that's that's that. That that's basically the story. And 
Georgia, tell us about, um, and I don't want to jump ahead of you, but whatever you have to say, but the, the, the New York, if you don't watch it, to me, this is one of the rare movies where the back, the background action, you don't know what to look at what's going on in the, in, in the forefront or the background, you know, because it's, so, it's just the New York scene because they have external shots, internal shots, shots probably filmed on at actual locations. And, you know, of course, some stuff on a set. But if you're a fan of old New York and that groovy, fast scene, please just OD on Sweet Smell of Success. I couldn't agree with you more, Moya, because this cinematographer, uh, his name was uh, James Wong Hao. Oh, well, there you go. He, he was a Chinese-American, and mm-hmm. usually you see noir films done with this grittier graininess. Yes. His cinematography was so above par. It's brilliant because he makes New York, it shows it. it, It's never looked more amazing than in this movie. This is the movie if you want to see it in the 50s because it it glitters, it glistens, the streets are wet. The way he shoots it is he shoots it from so low that you can see how towering the buildings are. Yes. They blot out the sky. Yes. They're so huge. and impo- You get this feeling of the claustrophobia. Yes. And then the way he also shoots Burt Lancaster. Burt Lancaster is shot with these shadows on his face. They yeah. even put a Vaseline on his glasses so his eye- you can't see his eyes really yes. focus. Yes. It's almost, you know what it reminds me of? It's like when you see a shark that's coming near. That's exactly. It's predatory. Yes. It, it, the yeah. eyes are black. They don't reflect. They're just, right. there's ne- there's just, just depth and dark in them. And, and that is how they decided to shoot uh, Burt Lancaster. And with all this shadow, even the interior shots, the mm-hmm. way that they're done. Okay. The angle, the low, the low angle that it's he perfect. does it from. It's perfect. The, sh- the interior shots are absolutely amazing if you want to see the way the the background the streets the buildings even the people the crowds there's actual real new york crowds and they had to control the crowd a little bit because there were so many female fans who wanted to get a glimpse of tony curtis yeah yeah and so they had to deal with all that but this movie it makes it sound like it was total chaos because the director, McKendrick, he was used to doing everything with rehearsals and storyboards. But Clifford Odets, they said he wrote it as typewriter with a bottle of whiskey next to him. At least that's what Tony Curtis <laughs> says in his memoir. And then as soon as he would just type it up and rip the um, page of script or dialogue out of his typewriter, they would shoot it in about an hour or two later. That's how quick this was done on the fly. Wow. It amazes me how sense. this was done. That makes sense. And and also, McKendrick says, uh, the director, you know, uh, he says uh, he was frightened to death the whole time that he was filming this because he said that Burt Lancaster was such an intimidating presence, and they disagreed and clashed on a number of things. Yeah. Sometimes he said that Burt Lancaster kind of wanted to take over the directing a little bit, but he <laughs> stuck with it. Mm-hmm. He stuck on a look, and look at how this masterpiece, it's a masterpiece. came out. It is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it should I, be in the same breath as Citizen Kane, and some people are, oh, how dare you? Or, you know, Casablanca or whatever. Um, but but it stands on its own. But it is a it is a perfect movie, and it's a classic. Yes. And it and, and this is one of my I told Georgia, 
this movie, you know, and of course I love Gone with the Wind and anything, pretty much anything Betty does. But um, this is one of my all-time favorites. It, and it has aged. That's crazy, Georgia. This movie has aged so well and it's sad. Yes. That's really yes. a bad thing because, it's, you know, the scales have fallen from our eyes, especially here in America with all these recent uh, political events and everything so politicized and, and we see all these mainstream media, it is crumbling and it is the rise of the of the self-made media person, you know, the people who uh, video cast from different platforms. So people are no longer going to the newspaper, you know, people, how they say it's not even fit to rap fish in, you know. So people aren't, you know, those subscriptions are way down. So the old... Vanguard or old institutions are crumbling and 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 you know it's things that you didn't think would ever happen but look how we've been manipulated for so long yes this exactly what you said Moy. the scales have dropped from our eyes when you see this movie you realize how we are manipulated yes and and yes this is very they it's dramatized you know it's edgy and it's cutthroat and it's a very fascinating character study and you know this movie is so it just pulls you in it's so easy yeah. to watch because the suspense i was scared i was really through this movie. <laughs> yes i was i don't know why but i was because i mean i found that um the burt lancaster character was really so Evil. scary and intense dating he really he does he, he it, it's to me it was like you know remember when we saw um night at the hunter with uh, oh, robert Mitchum? yes that's what i'm that? another one of my it's all-time that feeling of impending the acting is so fantastic yeah. and, the, and the movie is so well written this is the same kind of thing this feeling of impending dread or doom yes yes but yes, it's, yes. You, you you it's like you can't pull yourself away oh, from no. it. And it and the movie is hours some change but it seems like it's like 30 minutes long because it go because it just moves it moves it moves it moves it moves. Yes. there's never a dull moment and yes thank you for bringing up Robert Mitchell out of swirl with him too because he was sexy as hell when he was <laughs> um him Kirk Douglas he bringing all these fine old white men back they've been in their grave a million years but girl when it was young and out oh my gosh I'm glad I wasn't alive in Hollywood I'd have been I'd Rhymes with Joe. I'd have been out there. I could have, and they ain't had to bring me out in front. Because, see, that's the lie. Look, look, now I'm going on a tangent. See, a lot of people think, no, man, a man is a man is a man. No, they could not bring the sister out in the front. But you ask Dorothy Dandridge and a lot of other women, no, they, they was with them sisters. They was with the, they was down with the sisters, okay? Couldn't bring them out in front. Some of them did bring them out in front. They didn't care. But, girl, that man was, oh, good. They don't make men, you know, you, you got to go find a, um, an athlete like somebody to play football and but remember when men were beefy you know yeah and see yeah. i grew up on those kind of men you know even clint eastwood who wasn't the biggest guy but he still had muscle tone girl men used to be delicious but i digress i'm sorry y'all go ahead back back to sweet smell of tobacco uh, that's okay well jane russell somewhere. you'd have to fight you'd have to fight her for robert <laughs> Great. <laughs> they did some movies together. Right. They were lifelong friends. Robert Mitchum and Jane Russell. That's I funny. No, I'm digressing. But anyway, but yeah, but you know, Burt Lancaster has that thing where it's like a presence and yes. it's very manly. Yes. It's really, I mean, he, he just masters that. Right. And every movie, no matter what kind of role right. he plays, he brings it. Yeah, he is. So. This movie is so underrated. It's just, 
you know, and, and those of us who love movies and movie buffs and we love our stars, no, it is an A number one movie, but it should be more in the uh, public's mind when you think of great films. Um, and like I said, I just, I can't believe it got made. They had to have lied and said, oh, this movie's going to be how great Hollywood is and hooray for Hollywood. And then they said, okay, now them clowns gone. Let's let's shoot the real movie. Because, and I think some somebody actually did that one time. One of these uh, directors, I, I might have been Orson Welles, I'm not sure. But he actually did that. He fake, he, the dailies or the rushes, he like filmed some BS rushes for the, stu- for the producers so they could feel at ease. And y'all let me know in the comments who I'm talking about. But when they left, he said, okay, now let's film the real movie. <laughs> they said, and so that's how he got whatever movie that was made. But um, this, and so the apartment, I told Georgia, don't let me forget. Um, because yes. We're getting close to time. <laughs> that Hutzsecker's apartment. Oh. So after I was a huge fan of Suits with Harvey Specter, in his apartment, I would have killed for his apartment. And there's another movie, uh, William Powell uh, and Ginger Rogers star at midnight. And it's that one's super old, like in the 30s or 40s. That apartment. And we've talked about a lot of, oh, the apartment um, in Sweet Charity. We talked about that apartment. But um, Hunsecker's apartment, oh, because he's in the New York Skyrise. Gosh, it is timeless. It has the big doors, the big wooden doors. The, uh, the, the big cavernous fireplace with the high shelves and everything is uh marble and granite because it was a reflection to, of him okay and it's like a monument to himself and then check out the fashion guys the women again you don't know if to look at the yeah. forefront or the background the women are this is how people used yeah. to dress people dressed yeah. to go out you didn't wear jeans and a cap or cargoes and slippers you mm-hmm. wore gloves mm-hmm. and hats and pearls and fur fur oh just gorgeous yeah, and you know the jazz musicians. What got me is they would always wear suits and ties that yes. short hair. Yes, and I thought, wow, look at that! <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing to me the way that they looked. Oh, it was gorgeous. I, yeah, I mean, even you know, and, and if you want to see like the quintessential, like the cigarette girl, yeah, and beautifully played by Barbara Nichols, uh-huh. where she, even her cigarette girl costume, then when gorgeous. she's like. Kind of lounging over right. there at um, Sydney Falco's apartment, waiting for him. That is like how yes, fifty women from the fifties dress. Yeah, she had that maritime amore, the little slacks and a little sweater, and she was a very it, curvaceous yeah. woman. I mean, she was a brick house. So yes. you know, but yeah, and Greta Platinum. Well, we saw it. Let's tell you, we saw it for free. You know, we cheap over here. <laughs> Not cheap. That's what we're very uh, cautious with money over here. <laughs> how Betty Davis saved my life. Very frugal, um, but we saw it on Tubi. Now it is colorized, and George, I was mad because this was originally shown in black and white. I'm like, oh, they colorized it. The colorization didn't take away from it. How, what, are you, in my opinion, what about I, you? I, I found it on Pluto, and Pluto oh. had it in its original black okay. and white. I saw it for free on Pluto. Okay, okay. And so, yeah, I didn't end up seeing it color. I thought that was the only way I was going to be able to see it, but I, I did see it in all of its glorious. It's better in black and white. Black. Yeah, look at it on Pluto oh, for free in black and white because it absolutely. adds to the intensity of it. And um, we're, we're winding down with time, but um, another plot device, it also shows you how law enforcement gets manipulated and used as the muscle to set people up. And we're still seeing this crap today. 
You know, and I'm not trying to, you know, get into the uh, F the police, defund. I'm not talking about that. I am talking, it don't even have to be the police. How you can use private security forces because Hunsaker was using the police, crooked yes. cops, uh, people he had he had things on and to, for, the, for them to grant him favors. So he had, was using the police as his own private security force. So it doesn't have to be the popos, all right? It could be someone who has their own muscle or private connection of security to manipulate people. And one last thing I want to bring up, George, and then I'll let you finish. I, I'm going to say this cautiously because the movie didn't outright say it, but, George, I want to get your opinion. Again, I'm looking at this with different eyes now than when I last saw it. If you had to describe in one word, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, the relationship between Hunsicker and his sister, one word, what word would you use? overpowering okay all right i would use and i agree with that a well i'm about to say a phrase um bizarre because i don't want to yeah i don't want to prejudice the uh audience who have if you haven't seen it and again if you have seen it we're on facebook how betty davis saved my life at betty's ladies um let us know what you think I, so I, overpowering and bizarre, two perfect adjectives, and I'm gonna leave it like that. And and once you see it, and how this little this little girl, because she's really young, maybe 19, 20. Yes. How she the actress plays her, and knowing what we know now about mental stressors and trauma, trauma. Let's just say that trauma. And I'm looking at like oh my gosh what what has gone what is this about and i'm gonna just shut up and leave it at that george i'm gonna give you the last word well martin scorsese agrees with you moya because he thinks this is one of the greatest films ever made yes and and uh, tony curtis says this was the favorite of all of his films oh it had to be it had to be yeah yeah Yes, and I can totally see why he would say that. Oh, it showed his real acting chops. Yeah, on this because he's known for his comedies. This and if you ever get a chance to see him doing a Boston Strangler, he played he played the Boston Strangler. Have you seen him in that? The Boston Strangler. No, I want to see that so bad. It's, it's online for free. Maybe YouTube has it, but this those two this movie and that movie are the bookends of his career because you know everybody because he was so handsome and funny <clears throat> you know they just made him be that guy but no that dude can act he could act tony Curtis, and he was hilarious i like you ever if you ever seen him just talking by himself you know that man he could have been a comedian he was so funny tony curtis and he didn't care what he said about who he said about it he said it and it was over with like so I, you know of course i admire that but, um, Georgia, anything else before we get on out of here? No, but I just want to say, well, okay, yes, I do want to say one last thing. Put this on your must-see list. You yeah. know, there's a few movies that you have a must-see. Put this as one of the movies on your must-see. But you got to be in the proper frame of mind. <laughs> I love that. I love how you put that caveat. Well, guys, the old clock on the wall says that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And the lesson is, look before you leap. Before you won't go get into these machines and these organizations and join all this and you want power and control, I get it. I get it. 
but know what you're getting into and please look at the sweet smell of success so you can understand the game there is a game being played and before you get in it son or madam know the rules i'm moya and i'm georgia and we'll see you next time for how betty davis saved my life life lessons from classic hollywood adios